Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello and welcome back to the Princess and the Bee. Princess and the Bee. We are diving into part three. Holy smokes of the 32 lessons I have learned from 32 years on this planet. Part one and part two were extraordinary and I am so excited about your feedback. If you are new, if you are just turning it, tuning in on this episode, this is because it was based off of a post that I posted um, inside the Crown Yourself Coaching group uh, for my badass empire builders who are building empires and rocking it. And it is a free group. So be sure to definitely jump in and join. And I posted it and I got a lot of wonderful feedback and people wanting greater expansion on these topics and ideas. And so we are diving into series number three, because September is my birthday month. And I love to take this month uh, to have it be a reflection, growth, learning and appreciation for all the the years that I've had on this planet and all the many, many more lessons and growth that I am bound to have in for for as many other decades as I am privileged to live on this planet. <clears throat> that being said, I love starting every single podcast episode with a moment of gratitude of just take a second and settle in and really thank yourself because this isn't about me. This is about you. You have chosen to listen to something that is going to up-level your life. It's going to challenge your beliefs. It's going to allow you to grow into an, a next level for you. Because what one of my favorite quotes, and I am totally blanking on the man who this is by, it is frequently quoted by one of my mentors, Rich Litvin, who is an extraordinary coach and the writer of The Prosperous Coach. And he says, not Rich, the quote that he quotes, says that what got you here will not get you there. The beliefs, the habits, the strategies, the resources, everything that got you here, no matter how successful you are, will not get you to where you want to be. That is why we are constantly up-leveling and shifting. And that is why I honor you for showing up here so that you can get there by challenging your perspectives, by challenging your beliefs that you currently hold, by allowing yourself to grow and rise into a next version of you as the best leader, coach, business owner, entrepreneur, badass that you are. And I am so honored and privileged that you chose the princess and the bee to be the one that you turn in, uh, tune into. <laughs> I mean, you can turn into the princess and the bee, I suppose, but <laughs> that's not the point. Um, so we are diving into number 21, which is one of my favorite. And I will go into why. I mean, all of these are very much my favorite. But number 21, your soul's work will always feel harder to sell until you connect selling to being of service to your soul and the souls of others. 
And this is something that I have seen with so many creative people. Whether you are a screenwriter or a producer or you own your own business or whatever, always the work that we do that is our own seems harder to sell because we have personal attachment to it. And a lot of times that personal attachment comes with all the beliefs, all the things that we hold inside of us. And if some of those personal attachments and those beliefs that we are attaching to our project or our business or whatever it is that we are looking to create and put into the world, that if we are operating from beliefs, that attachment causes us to have those beliefs kind of leeching into that project. And this was something that I love that Kat Lacoey, also known as Vixen DeVille, talked about on this podcast about how when you're pitching or promoting yourself and your projects and your passion pieces, it is so much easier to sell somebody else's film or project or thing that you're working on because you don't have that same personal attachment to it. Um, A lot of times the personal attachment that we have is one that I believe that our in, our ideas are inspired. And what in, inspiration means is that it's coming from a chunked up higher version of ourselves. And it comes down into our physical awareness, into our mental capacity, and out into the world in some form of birthing process, whether it's just the birth of the idea or it's the birth of, of the actual total business or the to whole project as a whole or the whole screenplay as a whole. The thing is, is that once that has kind of come down into the our physical awareness as we are right now, it's come down from a higher place. It's come down from a place of higher consciousness. And when it's in our physical reality, like our present day ego, the one with all the doubts and all the fears and all the things and all the limiting beliefs attaches itself onto that project. And then start we start to judge it and we start to judge ourselves for having this, for wondering is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be worth me pursuing? Um, is this something that is going to be a value? Like what if nobody cares? What if nobody pays attention to it? What if whatever? Um, and all those doubts come into it. And why number 21 is so vital is that your soul's work will always feel harder to sell until you connect selling to being of service to your soul. So it is the ego that is that is at play here with bringing up all those doubts and it is it is just trying to keep you safe in essence it's it's the ego plays a part it's it's showing where you're you're going to be growing into and so it's up to you to step into that version that future self version of yourself where it is of the ma- most massive disservice not just to you and your soul but to the benefit of every single human that you serve or desire to serve with this project or business or what idea or whatever it is that you are looking to birth into the world on a greater level than outside of your own mind like that that is actually of the highest and best service and by you not sharing about it by you not producing it by you not actually getting out getting it out into the world that it's actually a massive disservice not just to you but to everybody that you could possibly impact and what a shame that is that in fact it's actually selfish if you hold on to that gift cuz that gift is not yours your gifts are greater than you to quote john maxwell that gift is from higher consciousness it's from source it's from god it's from 
like the higher, better version of yourself, that future version of you on the quantum field who is operating, being, doing, and having all the things that you desire. And it is up to you to connect the dots so that you can get to that place to be, do, and have everything that you desire. So it is up to you to be of service to that dream, that gift, that idea of inspiration, should it be actually aligned, and to pursue it full force. And with without projecting your own judgment on yourself for having that idea and for you to understand that that gift, that idea, that blessing was sent to you so that you can procure it and produce it into the world. Go forth and conquer. Thank you. I could just mic drop there, but I choose not to. I choose to go forth and go into number 22. Some people aren't going to like you and that's too bad for them because you're fucking awesome. You are welcome. This is something that I have had to have, that I have experienced more palpably over the course of the past six months, um, is I have been showing up with promoting lightly, gently, not, not in an argumentative way, but just sharing some of my chat more challenging beliefs on certain topics, um, such as mental health, such as honesty, openness, and vulnerability about like truth, because shame loves secrets. Um, and some people don't like that. Like my family is not the biggest fan of me saying that, you know, what happened uh, of my uncle committed suicide, especially in public. And my uncle, like, uh, not my uncle, my my family is not the biggest fan of me um, sharing the fact that my dad is seeking professional psychological help for his own demons and stuff that he's gone through and the abuse that he, uh, the abuse that he suffered as a child. And that's that's their thing. Like, that's that's where they are. And I honor that that's where they are. But that's not where I am. And it has caused me to have some rifts and some disagreements with people in my family. And that's okay. And it's not projecting judgment, but it's really, it's okay. I know that sometimes when you're bringing truth out into the open, that people who are really comfortable in their shame or their guilt or and their secrets get really uncomfortable when they're around openness, authenticity, vulnerability, and candor. And that's okay. And I do believe that that's one of the reasons why I was put into this family. And I do believe that that is one of the reasons why I was blessed to be my mom's child. I, I in fact, not that my mom doesn't like me, my mom loves me. But I actually had a conversation with my mom recently about um, how I operate and how it's different than other people because my mom would just rather have everybody get along and sweep things under the rug and like, let's just all get along. Let's all just play nice in the sandbox together. And I am totally for all getting along and all playing nice in the sandbox together. I love that. I would love to play in the sandbox with every single human um, who is open, honest, vulnerable, and candid about who they are, what they stand for, what they're struggling with, and who shows up with vulnerability to say, here's what I'm going through. I'm having some tough times or I'm going through this. I'm having some struggles. I would love some support, but not really, but, and I, I physically find it hard to do that. I cannot play nice 
in the sandbox with people who aren't necessarily wanting to grow. I mean, there are certain it's it's and it's not a a, a judgment necessary. It's not a judgment on them. It's just me saying this is what I stand for. Hashtag greatest showman. This is me. Um, I am an Enneagram eight. I challenge people to rise in their highest and best. One of my superpowers, both as a coach and as a human, is that I see people in their highest and best. And when behavior doesn't match that, then I definitely challenge it. I challenge, and sometimes people just don't like it, and that's okay. And sometimes people aren't going to like you for what you choose to stand for, and they may laugh at you. But you know what? You're finding your tribe. You're finding the people who do stand for what you stand for, who do have the same values as you. And by speaking your truth and by being honest, I mean, imagine if Martin Luther King never spoke his truth. Imagine if he acquiesced to people who didn't like him. If he said, you know, this is wrong. This is something that is harmful. This is something that is dangerous. Something that was a problem. Like, this is something that is bad. We need to stand for better. We need to do better. Imagine if he had never done that. Like, how would our country still be operating? So, I mean, if you look at all the leaders, the leaders that you admire, they all stand for something and they all have somebody somewhere who doesn't like or appreciate what they stand for or who they are and thinks that they should, could be better in some way or do something different or they don't like their hair or they don't like their concept or they don't like their values or whatever it is. And that's too bad for them. They are on their own journey. They are finding their own truth. They are having to discover things that they are having to discover. And you are too. You're just on different paths. And it doesn't make you any less um, less worthy of being the fucking awesome person and human being that you are. Number 23. Your cup runneth over is the only way to serve. This is so imperative for the moms in this community, for the moms who are listening. I see so often women draining themselves to serve other people, whether that is in the form of people pleasing or even if it's in the form of just service. You have to serve yourself first. There's a reason why Stephen Covey in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, the book that changed my life when I was 17 years old. That book, there is a reason why the seventh habit is sharpen your saw. There is a reason why you must have your cup runneth over. You must fill your cup first. There is a reason why I have my cousin watching Declan right now so I can record this podcast for you because this is something that is my genius zone. This is something that is the way that I am able to fuel not only myself but also serve you. Like, There is a reason why I wake up early, usually. I've been a little off with my routine for the past couple weeks, but normally I wake up early before my son and my husband stays in bed. Normally he's sleeping. Um, Normally he's sleeping, but there is a reason why I... I'm going to turn off my slack for a second because it's apparently... It's popping in in and out from time to time. 
Um, I have Marie texting me. So there's a reason why your cup needs to runneth over. There's a reason why I ask for the support that I do from my husband, from my mom, from my family to watch Declan so that I can serve at the highest and best. There's a reason why I also fill my cup with daily walks with Declan so that I can serve my community best. Because if I'm not connecting on a daily basis with my son and with my husband, I am not in as strong a position to serve and be of service. When your cup runneth over, if imagine for yourself, you have a cup, you have a cup. And if you're dumping it over to try to serve other people, then eventually the cup will tip over and fall and break. But if you turn the faucet on high for your own personal care, for the things that you need to, to overflow, then that's when you elevate into overflow, when you expand beyond and your cup just, it, you have the faucet on so high for yourself and so high for others, it naturally just spills over into everyone in, in your life and into all the important areas. That is how you serve. Number 24, people pleasing is dumb and it is an actually a disservice to all. I am reading a fantastic book by Greg McKinnon um, called Essentialism. And that book talks about, it really dives into people pleasing and the desire to say yes to everything and everyone. And especially as you become more successful, you have more people making offers to partner with you, to collaborate with you, to to work with you, to all the things. And like I have my email at least daily. I have somebody asking to either be on my podcast or I have someone asking if, you know, I should start doing animated videos and collaborating with them or if I have uh, all the things like, oh my gosh, like every day I get requests from people to do more things in my business. And if I were to say yes to all of them, I would be doing a a service to no one, especially because I wouldn't be operating in my genius zone or being or operating where I'm being led to 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 go. And actually, why it's a why people pleasing is a disservice to all is when you are people pleasing, normally that comes at the sacrifice of your boundaries and your priorities. And so when you are sacrificing your boundaries to, in order to please other people, eventually what that does, what happens when you sacrifice a boundary is you lose not only the respect for yourself, but because you lose the respect for yourself because you're trampling on one of your own boundaries, the other person regardless will trample on, will lose respect for you as well. In the book Essentialism, Greg gives this fantastic, and I say Greg because, you know, we're on a first name basis since I'm reading his book. Um... Greg gives a fantastic and very sad example about how his wife was literally in labor, like in labor, delivering his baby. And he had a meeting to go to. He had said yes to and he didn't say no, even though it was out of alignment with his priorities. Obviously, his wife was about was having a baby, was having his child. And two hours after she had the baby, he was in that meeting the client had lost respect for him because while while they said, oh, yeah, the client will respect you more because you're here, because he didn't respect himself, the client didn't respect him back because he didn't respect his own priorities. And so it goes back to what I said in um, in episode part two of this is that 
your boundaries, like you need your what your external circumstances and your external reality will always reflect what's going on inside. If inside you are trampling on your own boundaries of what are your priorities and what are the essential priorities that you are operating from in your life, then you are causing a rift and causing your like you are disrespecting yourself and therefore you will come into contact more and more with people who will disrespect you for your time, who will disrespect you for you not operating from your own boundaries. And there is a metaphor that my husband gives um, in his Don't Clear Date and Other Cooking Tips talks that he's done around the world. And he gives an example of a test that women, I think he knew the woman or it was a friend of his, but she was testing this guy that she was dating, meaning she was, you know, she was testing his boundaries and not in a manipulative way, in in a way to s- just figure out, like, is this guy worthy of my time? And she said, how will he stand up for me if he doesn't stand up to me? And when you stand up for your boundaries and to other people, which sometimes means you're going to have to tell them no, you're going to have to say, you know what, I believe you have the power, the capacity, the ability to figure this out on your own. And you're going to rock it out and do it yourself. And it's going to work amazingly. I just do not have the time, space, energy, or it's not a priority for me to do this. I get on Instagram, I have direct marketers constantly asking me to promote their products. And for one, I don't do that on a, on a, or to, not only promote their products, but to also like buy into the direct marketing business. I And I don't do that because of the personality training system that I am a master trainer in because we operate and we teach MLM at the corporate level. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to come, like if I were to buy into somebody else's product or service, I, that would be disrespecting the boundary that I have laid forth for that. And it would have been, it would be trampling on my own priorities for my own projects and the things that I'm creating in this world. So as much as I would love to say yes to your thing, I think, and I always give the, the awesome, you know, support and cheerleading, like I'll support and cheerlead you all the way home. I'm just not going to be personally involved with it. Next, number 25, the world will survive even if you have typos, blips, mistakes in your speaking, grammatical issues, all the things. It will survive even if you say the wrong thing, if there is such a thing as saying the wrong thing. Like it will survive with mistakes. In fact, you'll probably learn more from it. In fact, you'll probably grow faster from it. So the world will survive with typos. I actually, I have an amazing client who frequently will email me because she was just a, a fun grammar person. Um, and she loves grammar. And so she will email me when I have typos in my emails. I'm like, girl, like that's, it's just going to happen. Like I really, I really work hard to have it not happen, but it's like the world turns. I still make sales with pages and info and emails with grammatical errors. The world shall turn and it, it will all be okay. So go ahead let it turn. It's fine. 
Number 26, your feelings are a sign of something you need to pay attention to. Nothing more. This one is a big one. This is a big one from the book, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, that when I read this, I finally felt like I had a book that gave me permission, not that I needed permission, but I suddenly had permission to feel all my feelings, including the negative ones, especially as you are as you step up your leadership and you're leading larger and larger teams as you grow your company. A lot of times leaders do not feel that they have the space or capacity or ability to express their emotions, especially the negative ones. And that is why I work with a lot of leaders who express their emotions quite profusely in our sessions together because it is a safe space for them to have those emotions and to allow those emotions to release. Your feelings are just like any other feeling. It's just like feeling hunger. Emotions are meant to be expressed, experienced, and released. Like when you feel hunger, you release it by feeding yourself. Well, how do you release anger? How do you release shame? How do you release guilt? How do you release sadness? Feelings, studies show that the average feeling lasts about 90 seconds. The problem is, is that we judge this feeling as meaning something other than something that we need to pay attention to. And we add meaning onto the feeling, onto us feeling this feeling due to past programming and conditioning from our childhood normally. And we add this meaning that it's good, it's bad, or we shouldn't be feeling this. Your feelings are just a sign that you need to pay attention to something. They're not a sign that you're a bad person. They're not a sign that you are Um, a bad leader. They're not a sign that you're doing something wrong. They're just a sign that you have something that you need to pay attention to. And so go forth. Pay attention to exactly what that needs to be paid attention to. If you're feeling feelings of fear in your body, that's a sign that maybe you need to take a few more courageous actions. Maybe you are avoiding stepping into that next level of success for fear of greater success. Maybe you are... it, It. Maybe you are just... Uh, avoiding something that you know that you really should be doing, but you haven't really gotten around to doing. These are all appropriate, like all of them are appropriate. These are all signs that the feeling of fear is giving you. So just pay attention to those, what the feeling of fear is, where it's coming from, why it's there, and then let it go and allow it to be released. A feeling just like hunger needs to be released. So one of the, the, programs that I love with the 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, the system that they give you is to actually put, express a feeling in the form of like, what does it feel like actually physically in your body? Does it feel like your stomach is swirling? Does it feel like your head is pounding? Does it feel like you, uh, your tongue is tingling with like the desire to scream? Then add a physical motion and a sound to that feeling and express it and release it. You're not going into the mental regurgitation of of talking about it or having to discuss why it's there. Like it's just a sign that you need to pay attention to something. Anger is a sign that there are some things out of alignment perhaps. That there are some things that are going possibly against your core values. Sadness is a sign that there is something that maybe needs to be grieved or maybe there is um a a sign that there is something that you will feel lost towards or feel like if you go for something that you'll actually lose something. These are all just signs. They're all just signals. They're not, it's not good or bad that you're feeling the feelings. You should feel feelings. We are human. You are allowed to feel all the feelings and 
release them uh, appropriately. So at first, ask yourself, can I can I express this feeling? Can I release this feeling here and now? Because sometimes if you're with your team as a leader, you cannot, ex- you're just not in the appropriate place. So you can go into a quiet place. You can go for a walk. You can go into your office. You can go upstairs to your bedroom. Like you can just go into a different place to allow that feeling to release. Once you're in the feel, the space where you can allow that feeling to release, ask yourself, okay, what does this feeling feel like physically in my body? What does this feeling feel like? Once you get that feeling, then add a motion, a physical motion and a sound to it and allow it to release. Spend 90 seconds really feeling that feeling and then let it release. Because otherwise, if you shove it down with shame and guilt or anger at yourself for feeling a feeling, then it causes that feeling to be repressed. It turns into an emotion which turns into greater suffering. And I don't want that for you. And I don't want that for me too. That's why one of that's why it's one of my top learnings is that your feelings are just a sign of something you need to pay attention to 27 confidence is cultivated through daily acts of courage now i was just having a conversation with a client on saturday and a lot of times we have a perception that a daily act of courage is something really big. Like maybe it's emailing that that head of sales person that you really wanted to have a like host a cor- corporate training for, or maybe it's emailing that convention director to to speak at their giant convention, or maybe it's making a big ask and like doing that act of courage and hiring that coach, or maybe it's like it can be the big things, but sometimes and more often it is the daily acts of courage to overcome your desire to stay where you are. It's the daily acts of courage to lean into those things that you know you should be doing, but you just aren't. Common sense is not always common practice. And that adopting common sense as being common practice, that is when that is an act of courage because it is an act of courage against the ego, the ego which wants to keep you where you are because it wants to be right about all the things about keeping you where you are because that's the things that the ego loves to be right. So by doing something different, it in turn kind of proves the ego, quote unquote, wrong, because you are showing up as a different version of yourself, which which is what basically says, okay, ego, you've been wrong, kind of, if there is such a thing as wrong or right um, in this sense. Ego, you've been wrong about my identity, which is not necessarily true. The ego has been right about your identity up to this point. What got you there is not what got you here is not what's going to get you there. So if you want to get over there, then it's up to you to change your identity into being the person who is over there. And that person has different beliefs, different habits, different ways of reacting to situations, different ways of dealing with stress. They have different tools, different resources. They have probably a stronger plan and a stronger direction and a stronger focus on what their purpose and their vision is. That is the confidence of leaning into that. So maybe the daily act of courage is just not giving into that self-doubt of of why am I even doing this or what's this all for? Maybe it's instead saying, okay, this book, I'm, I'm writing this book because it lights my soul on fire. I'm writing this book because I know it will be a value. And you start writing the book. Maybe the daily act of courage, it can be that 
that podcast that you want to launch, it can be instead of asking yourself, well, what am I doing this all for? What if no one listens? And and then giving into that doubt, maybe instead your daily act of courage is saying, okay, I'm going to go and I'm just going to turn on my iPhone and record with crappy sound and let it be what it is. And that's all that there is. And record an episode in my voice memos on my iPhone and just say what needs to be said at this moment and be honest and open and vulnerable. And that's fine too. That is an act of courage because you are overcoming that self-doubt. More often than not, and I've seen this with all high performers, is that those daily acts of courage are just doing the things that overcome our self-doubt. Like many of you um, who are, if you're in my Crown Yourself Coaching group, the group for badass empire builders, you saw during our launch for the Princess Process, um, my one of my amazing Princess Process members, Emily Daniel, recorded a video, a testimonial video about how the Princess Process has helped her. And that video was her daily act of courage. She does not like being on film. She does not like going live. I told her to do it without a script too. Like, and she did. And she rocked it. She kicked butt doing it. And I was so proud to see her do it. And that's the thing. It was a daily act of courage. She was overcoming her own fear, her own doubt, her own self, and uh, about going live or shooting a video. And she did it. And I was super, super stoked for her. But that's what that's what is the confidence builder. How I built my confidence to where it is today was because when I was in first grade, my mom told me that in order for me to get more friends, which was what I wanted, I actually had to talk to people. And she said, Kim, go up to 10 people every day with their name and say hi. That was my big act of courage. And so I made it my goal. Like you give me a goal, I will go for it. You say 10, okay, great. 10 people per day. And I went up to 10 people per day. And by the end of two weeks, I had multiple, multiple friends. I felt so much better. I felt so much more seen, so much more heard. And that was because I was allowing myself to see and hear other people and say hi with their name. Daily act of courage. Number 28, some people aren't ready to hear your truth. That doesn't mean it's any less true. It's just a sign of where they are. This very much circles back to number 22, where some people aren't going to like you. Some people aren't going to like your truth. Some people aren't going to like the fact that, you know, what you say is polarizing or stirs up feelings of shame or guilt or fear inside of them. Some people aren't going to like that. It doesn't make it any less true for you. It doesn't make it any less was right for you. It doesn't mean you should stop sharing it. It's just a sign that that's where they are and that's fine. And that's where they are on their journey. Okay. Next. Number 29. Ownership of all your results and experiences in life does not mean blame, blaming others or blaming yourself. It means stepping into the power of choosing how you respond at anything life throws at you. I could blame so many people in my life for things that happened in my life. I no longer believe in blame. I don't believe that blame blame keeps you stuck in the past. Blame removes you from the now where change actually occurs. 
for blame for if you as as Tony Robbins said in the awesome documentary I am not your guru if you blame someone for all the good in your life you all they also get to take credit for all the bad my question to you is do you want them to get that credit I personally don't I would much rather take my credit for growing my business with a baby for overcoming an eating disorder for getting out of abusive relationships for transforming my mindset by taking ownership of those results because those were those results were mine. I did that work. If I continued to blame my dad for my eating disorder or my ex or my whoever for what happened in my past, then I would be literally, I would still be stuck in a victim mindset, which as you know from part one is my kryptonite. I do not and that's not to say there is a massive there is a massive difference between being a victim of something that happened to you and having a victim mindset. As many of you know or have heard, seven years ago, I was raped. And it's still hard for me to say because for me, it still goes against my perception of what rape is. And yet... According to the technical definition in Webster's Dictionary, rape is non-consensual penetration. And that is exactly what happened because the man that I was with wanted to have sex in a way that I just choose not to. And he tried for it anyways, multiple times. And it was very hard for me to come to terms with that. Because it wasn't this giant big drama. And sometimes that's the thing is the the experiences in our life, they're not necessarily the big giant dramas that you see in the movies with the crescendo of the, the music. Sometimes they're just the quiet moments of uncomfortableness that bring up all that shame and guilt and fear. And the thing is, is that I could blame him for me holding on to shame. I could blame him for many things, but I choose not to. Like, that doesn't also diffuse him from taking ownership of his actions. At the same time, I own my part. And I choose how I respond. And how I respond as many of you have heard from my interview on the Hyperconscious podcast, how I responded for seven years was the belief that I didn't deserve what I wanted. The belief that I didn't deserve because I was feeling spoiled or shameful or guilty. I allowed that experience to dictate what I thought I deserved. And that is what I have control over. I can control my response to that situation. And what I took control over back in September of last year was my response and saying, F that belief that I've held on to because of that experience. Screw that. I have the power to choose what that experience can do for me, what that experience allowed me to learn. It allowed me to learn a greater level of compassion and empathy for those who have experienced suffering. It allowed me to step into a greater power of ownership of my actions and of my surroundings and a greater awareness of what behavior I will or will not tolerate. 
it allowed me to respond to learn that I can choose my response. And for the past seven years prior to that, my response had been that I didn't deserve what I wanted. And so what I did was I would have moments of self-sabotage, even as I grew my business. Maybe it was not like major, major self-sabotage, but it would be like I, would, I wouldn't plan out my content for the next month, even though I knew it was something that was beneficial for, for me and for my team. Or I would fall short of doing things that I needed to do. I, would, I wouldn't follow up with someone because I was scared of whatever upper limit problem of the feeling that I was fundamentally flawed. As Gay Hendricks talks about in his book, The Big Leap, that is one of the top ones that prevents people from going into their f- full magnificence. So the big leap is you have a success. So even with the successes that I've had, I would then somehow in some way sabotage myself of believing that I didn't deserve it, believing that because I felt fundamentally flawed that I didn't deserve to have that experience or that result or that thing or that money or that whatever. And I realized that I was allowing that belief to dictate the trajectory of my life and my business. And to that, I have to say, hell to the no. So I changed it. I spent the past six months after from September into February when I did the hyperconscious interview of, of looking at where, like, what is that belief coming from? Why, where is that? And of course, it stems back farther and farther and farther and that that to to other experiences that I've had in my past. But that belief was reinforced, the fear that I didn't deserve what I wanted, that I didn't deserve to be successful, that I didn't deserve to have an amazing family, an amazing business, an amazing life that I love and people that I serve because I felt fundamentally flawed. I had to look at that belief real hard over the course of six months and really step into what I really choose to deserve, what I choose in my daily actions of courage. Number 30, it's just money, honey. So this one is, it's basically, it's, you know, when I was deep in debt when I was in my first e-commerce business, I I struggled and I stressed and I obsessed about how much money I did or did not have. I made money, me having money, be some sort of definition about what my worth was. And I used my worth as the number that was in my bank account at the time, which at times was negative even though I was the executive of an e-commerce startup. And I realized, and it was through that business that I had to shift my perspective around money to where I learned that it's just money, honey. And it means whatever you make it out to mean, but money is just a form of energy and you attract what you are. It goes back to go within or go without, or look within or go without. Because your your external circumstances will always reflect what you got going on inside. And so if your external circumstances are reflecting lack and scarcity and debt and all that shit, then it's look inside yourself first. Go look within. 
Look at where you're not, you know, looking, owning your own self-worth. Look at where you're not owning your own worth as a human. Look at all the gifts, all the other forms of energy, all the other forms of service that you can provide. It's just money, honey. Like I have seen people who are making, my mentors who make multiple seven, eight figures a year. Money is just, it's its like, it's not a thing. Like it's just money. It's like, oh, it's just a form of energy. It's just a, a, an energetic transaction. But you have to own your worth. You have to know what you're available. And so since that experience and a couple years into my business around probably around 2016 when I went to my NLP training course and got certified in timeline therapy and all that all that goodness that was when I came to the conclusion that I'm just I'm only available for profit and prosperity and have that has that always been activated within me and within my business not always. There were times when I definitely like I that belief had to be one that was learned um, over time. At the same time, it's just money, honey. It's just money. What you have in your bank account does not define you as a human being and as a person of worth. And also, the perception that you need money. Like, yes, I know. It's, it's, it's a paradox of a perception. The perception that you need money in order to validate your worth and your ideas. Like, there were months where I didn't have coaching clients. And I had to evaluate, okay, looking at this situation, does that make me any less of a coach? No. It doesn't make me any less of a coach. It just meant I was at the time crappy at sales or crappy at conversions or bad at marketing. Okay, how do I fix that? Well, I learned marketing and I learned how to be better at sales. And so then once I learned that, I started to get more sales. And that was when I started to get people going from $100 per month, which is a large leap, by the way, going from $100 a month to $1,000 a month for a two-month guaranteed package. And the thing is, though, is that while that seems like a large leap to the universe, $100 and $100 million, it's all the same. Money is just a form of energy. Money is a natural resource. It is like food. It is like air. And also, because it is like air, because it is a form of energy, me or you having more or less money does not mean that somebody else has more or less money. You see what I'm saying? Like, if I have more money, it does not mean that you cannot have more money. In fact, by me having more money and by you having more money, it means you can bless other people with the ability to make more money because you employ them, you... you hire them, you pay for more business. I wrote a post that was very popular on Instagram that was about how I'm just going to stop apologizing for the money goals that I have. Why? Because why would I ever apologize for creating a life for my son that is one of abundance that where he gets to go to ballet classes and where he gets to go to gymnastics classes 
Why would I ever apologize for that? Why would I ever apologize for hiring more people on my team, paying for them and allowing them to support their families in a better way? Why would I ever apologize for helping business owners make more money by them investing in me as their coach so that they step into that full leadership role so that they start making more money and then hiring more people, thus making them more money? Like it just is abundance amplified. It, and it's just money, honey. Money is just a form of energy. It's it's when you attach your own worth to money that that's where the lines get a little blurry and a little uh, not so fun. So see yourself in a position of worth, of high worth. Because to quote Amanda Francis, the spiritual boss lady, your work is of ma- uh, is of high value and worthy of massive compensation. So go forth and be massively compensated for the work that you do. Step into that. The worth is in your gifts, not a, not in the number that you have in your bank account. Though frequently the number that you have in a bank in your bank account is just a sign, just like your feelings. It's just a sign or a reflection of where your worth currently is for yourself. Though it doesn't necessarily mean that, but more often than not what I've seen. So look at that. How can you amplify your own worth? How can you back yourself more? How can you back your gifts more? Your gifts are holy, in my opinion. My gifts to be able to challenge people into their highest and best. My gifts of connecting people to funders, to investors, to colleagues, to clients, my gifts in creating content, my gifts in creating books and courses and programs, those gifts are, are greater than me. I'm just a vessel. And that's why it's just money, honey. Number 31, live into your zone of genius, aka your soul and your income will directly follow and match the percentage of time you spend living in your purposeful power. Let me blow my nose before we just dive into this bad boy. We are almost wrapped up with the 32. Holy moly, we are getting close. Live into your zone of genius and get your and your income will directly follow and match the percentage of time you spend living in your purposeful power. Why is this so powerful? Because your zone of genius is why you were placed here in the first place. Most people, though, operate and live in their zone of competence and their zone of excellence. Your zone of excellence is generally what you're praised for, but not necessarily what you do best. So, for example, I think I shared on one of the other podcasts that I'm very excellent at designing websites and social media. Like I have done that for clients in the past where I would take them on as a full on coaching and and consulting client where we would build their website together and I would coach them on to stepping into the leadership role as the badass high performer in their business. And I just decided that is not my thing. I was and I also realized that I was doing that because I did not value myself 100 percent as the coach that I am. Because I had a fear that if I was selling something like high performance some and purpose and vision, that I was actually that that people wouldn't understand that, which is a judgment that I was projecting on on people, on my clients. And 
So thus, I had to attach it to some physical, tangible results like they would get a website. And I realized that A, the website was me operating in my zone of excellence and B, offering that was from a place of fear, not a place of um, growth, not a place of my zone of genius. And while my websites were lovely, they also were my zone of excellence, not my zone of genius. My zone of genius is coaching. My zone of genius is is creating content. My zone of genius is challenging people to rise in their highest and best. Whether that is challenging you to rise in this podcast episode, whether that is challenging your perspectives in um, in uh, live training that we do inside the Crown Yourself Coaching Group, whether that is challenging you to rise to your highest and best into the purposeful ver- version of yourself um, that is in a coaching session, or if it's in one of our 90-minute consult sessions, which I do have, by the way, speaking of which, I do have several spots available uh, for October. So if you are looking to book a 90-minute consult, we do have some spots available for October as well. We might have one or two available for September, um, but I definitely have some spots available for October. So should that feel like something that you would like to jump on and you would like to give coaching a test with an Enneagram 8 and be challenged to rise into your highest and best and grow your business faster than you've ever imagined and really love the whole process of you stepping into the visionary CEO role and the purpose-driven creative that you are, then let's work together and let's let's give coaching a test drive. Um, and then number 31 or number 32 is be the mother effing queen, bitch. Why do I say this? Because yes, it's harsh language. And yes, sometimes it is very appropriate to drop a good mother effer and be the motherfucking queen bitch because this is actually something that I have my husband ask me when I am ever acting lower than my highest and best self I have him like I gave him permission to ask me like are you the motherfucking queen bitch or not and I immediately when he asked me that I'm like oh yeah you're right I'm acting beneath myself okay so for example when I was preparing for EmpowerCon that week before I was not only teaching inside the crown yourself coaching group doing our six pillars um, launch for the princess process or conversion event I was also preparing for the biggest speech yet on at the Los Angeles Convention Center at EmpowerCon, a first-time event, and I wanted to be good. I wanted to be so good, and I was. I was really freaking good, and I was really happy with how it went. But before, I was littered with fear and doubt, like littered, because I still, as much as I can do public speaking inside this podcast studio, it is just me. Like This plays to my introverted fantasies of being here in this studio and speaking, going up on stage and like put me in front of an audience while I've done it, and I've done it many times, and I do it well. It still scares the shit out of me. And I know that there will come a time when I will just be just as comfortable on that stage as I am inside this podcast booth. I am not there yet. That is my work in progress. But I do own that. And when I was freaking out and having my little moments of doubt and fear and panic, I walked in to Spike and he literally asked me, are you the motherfucking queen bitch or not? And I was like, damn it, you're right. I am not acting like it right now. So I took ownership of my actions. I took ownership of my response. And I said, okay, how can I, what is the first thing that I need to do in order to make this speech super successful? Well, 
I'm going to practice it some more. I'm going to go over it. I'm going to actually walk through it. I'm going to take ownership of my actions. I'm going to take ownership of the exact next step that I need to take. And I'm going to actually walk it through, not walk it through inside my head, but then I'm going to, and then I'm going to run it. I'm going to run it into my body and into my bones. And so I started running the speech. So as I would be on my morning runs, I was literally thinking through the speech and allowing myself to run through the phases, the moments, the beats of the speech. And did it go perfectly? It went it went exactly as it as it should have. And that's exactly what happened. There's always room for growth. The thing is, is that I did really freaking good because I owned that stage and I owned my presence and I owned the fact that I prepared the F for it. So that being said, where in your life are you not being the motherfucking queen, bitch? Maybe are you holding back in your in your relationships, not speaking with candor about something that you really feel like you need to address in your in your marriage with or in your partnership with your spouse. Um, maybe it's in your business where you're not owning the fact that you haven't made a sale that's in, in a few weeks and you need to own that and you need to shift that. Maybe it's the fact that your pricing is low and you need to own the fact that you are still undervaluing yourself and your services and you need to raise your prices or develop higher price packages in order to sell your services for premium value and in order to hit your your freedom metric, as, as my mentor Grace Lever calls it, which is your, your monthly number that is a non-negotiable, that is that you hit that number and you are free and you are you are operating from a place of freedom in your business. So whatever it is where you are not stepping up and being the motherfucking queen, bitch, step up now. You have permission. Go forth and conquer. That is 32 lessons from 32 years on this planet. I am sure next year I will be back with a smashing 33rd. Let me know on Insta what your favorite lesson was from this episode or from all three, please take a screenshot of this. Share it in your stories. I love seeing these. I love getting these. And tag me at crown yourself now or at Kimberly.Spencer. Bonus points if you do both. And I will happily share them with our peeps on Instagram and boost you as well. And if you love this episode, please go to iTunes and drop us a review. Every review counts. Every review is helping spread this podcast farther, further, wider, and building and expanding the crown yourself empire as I help other people like your awesome badass self build theirs. I am so excited to see you on the gram or on the email list or inside the Crown Yourself coaching group. As always, my fellow empire builders, own your throne, mind your business, make it rain because your rain is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crown yourself now or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.